Hello, my friends. Here we are again with the next episode of the Level Cap Podcast. I am your host, Brad Talon, joined by my co-host... Marco DeSantos, also known as the guy who says otherwise. And we are here to give you a brand new Level Cap Podcast full of games, design, reveals, and otherwise. But wait, Brad, I said I was the guy who says otherwise, but then you said otherwise. What does that make me? It makes you the otherwise guy. Ayo! Future Marco, please edit in. I hate you so much right now. Good morning, Brad. How are you? Good morning, Marco. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's been good. Wow, you're really perky today, you know? It's... You know, got to put your best foot forward for the internet. Oh, indeed. The internet is a very nice place filled with very nice people, right? Um, um, you know, you got to put your best foot forward for the internet. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. We have a wonderful docket for all of you today, listeners. We have news, reveals, like Brad said, special magic incantations that will fill your brain with awesome information that you wanted but didn't know that you wanted Mm -hmm. is this accurate Uh, yeah yeah something like that indeed 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 so brad how are you on this fine new mexico morning are you a cool boy because i want to ask you what have you been doing aside from being awake at this hour well um the uh i've have been well, it was up a little bit later than I would have liked last night, but, um, you know, getting some stuff ready, um, getting things done. I have been playing Celeste. Oh, is this the, the platformer? Is this a platformer? This game? is the platformer, Celeste. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those, like, super hard platformers, um, kind of in the same genre as, like, Meat Boy. I, um, I decided to try it out. So, well, let me preface this. So at lunch every day, I watch some YouTube. And uh, I wouldn't recommend YouTube to anybody, but I try and watch something educational so that it's uh, you know, so that it's useful to me. And one of the things I've been watching recently is the Snowman Games video series on good game design. And one Ooh. of the games they featured was Celeste. And I watched the video and I was like, well, no, I've got to try this because it looks really good. And it looks like you could learn a lot from a game like this. So, uh, I downloaded it on the Switch. Give it a play. I'm about three worlds in. It is really great. Um, I really love it. It's got a, it's a, it's got. There's a lot more mobility and puzzle solving than Meat Boy. Because um, Meat Boy, I don't know if you played Meat Boy Micro, but there's single levels at a time. Yeah, it's since less like a Metroidvania-esque kind of thing, like, or maybe more like Mega Man. Um, maybe it's it's more that the worlds are all connected. So you're you're the levels are long, and and so there's only like eight of them, I think, but they're they're really big, and there's a lot to do, and there's collectibles, and you try to get through them all without uh, without dying, and or without um, sorry, you're gonna die. Uh, you just try and get through them. So oh yeah, <laughs> they're Endurance. a little bit more of a cohesive thing than yeah. they are in Me Boy. I see, I see. And uh, and this also has because uh, Madeline, the main character, has so many mobility tools. Uh, some of the game actually plays out as a puzzle because you'll see 
like you see the route clearly, but you'd be like, well, how can I use the movement skills that I have to actually get through this area? And uh, sometimes you have to learn something new about your movement tools in order to solve mm. a specific area. I think it's really good. The game is, uh, it's kind of a great way to teach a game, really. No, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, my only experience with Celeste has been, um, I watched it on a recent Games Done Quick, and they just ruined the entire game. By ruined, I mean they just beat it super fast. It was pretty fun to watch. And I saw the crazy mobility that they could do in that uh, speedrun of the game. It was crazy. Like, mm-hmm. oh. Uh, I can only imagine, yeah. like, how crazy a, dec- uh, a regular play- playthrough is, because... Because the movement is crazy looking. It looks really fun. It's pretty tough. Um, it's pretty tough. Like, they make it look so easy, but it's it's not so easy. Um, I died, like, 200 times in World 3. Uh, Do they count that? Do they actually count how many yeah, times they, you died? Yeah, they count it. They count it. Oh, um, nice. And it's great. It's great. Oh, my gosh. Like, that's, that's the whole point, point, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Almost, it's, like, it's like a badge of pride when you yeah. look at your death count. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I really like about this game is that the story is really memorable. Like in 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 Meat Boy, they kind of just threw away the story, you know. Like, oh, there's this, there's these characters that you know, we're not we're not going to tell you about that you don't really care about. They're just a reason to get to the end of the stage. Um, in Celeste, you play as Madeline, who's a girl who suffers from uh, either like anxiety or depression or hallucinations, and it's not totally clear which or all of these things that she suffers from. Um, and so she decides to go climb this mountain to uh, get over her fears. And so the mountain is, the mountain is, you know, is the, is the literal mountain that you have to climb, but it's also, you know, the mountain inside you that is, uh, that represents uh, your fears and anxieties. Oh, wow. And, I was li- uh, literally that, just watching a video about that on extra credits where they were talking about metaphor is meaning and how, mm-hmm. like, it's kind of like that. Like, it's an actual mountain, but it's also a metaphor for the inner turmoil or whatever, right? Yeah, that you have to that you have to overcome, that mm-hmm. everybody has to overcome. Um, anyway, it's it's really memorable. It's really charming. Uh, it makes me want to design a platformer. I don't know if I could make something like this, but I want to. After playing this, I want to build a platformer now. A board and, game uh, platformer. That's why I tell a game is really good because it it makes me say, "Oh, I wish I had made something like this." Ah, so you want to make a platforming board game? Is that a thing? No, no, we've got a video game dev team. We can make video games. Oh, that's true. That's true. Okay, I'm not against that. I'm not against that at all. Shall we? Um, shall we tell? Should you tell me about what you've been doing, Marco? Well, Brad, I've been doing two things. Uh, number one, let me breeze over this. I've been watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And um, oh man, I feel like we talk too much about this show on this podcast, but. Uh, which which one did you watch? Uh, I watched until Battle Tendency. Um, it's like okay, so I guess my point here is that number one, it's better to talk about JoJo than Dark Souls. Number two, um, what do you call, what do you call this? Uh, it's definitely less over the top than everybody who like links images of it make it seem right. Like you really? know, okay, I thought that ending was pretty over the top, but really, I mean, like you know, the ending to Battle Tendency is like. They go onto a volcano and then they like shoot the pillarman into space, right? Yeah, that's. I think that's pretty. I think that's pretty over the top. I guess. I guess maybe. the way he activates the volcano is by punching it with his chi. Okay, <laughs> okay. Now that you say it that way, I guess maybe it is a bit over the top. But I guess it, like at the end of the day, right? Um, I feel like 
it's it's a lot of moments in JoJo aren't actually like I just thought every three seconds was gonna be like pose katakana on screen and then like extreme music. I thought it was gonna be like every five seconds is that, but there's actually yeah, it's like, only like once per episode. Yeah, like it's only like once per episode, and there's only like one crazy thing per episode, and a lot of it's actually like you know. At least in Battle Tendency, it's about like strategy and talking about Sun Tzu's art of war or something like that. So I, I, I feel like it's definitely less over the top than I expected. But I like the show in general. I just dislike the pacing. Maybe it's like an effect of like them just wanting to get to Stardust Crusaders really fast because that's the most popular arc or whatever. Because it's like Battle mm-hmm. Tendency and um, what's the first one called? Dark Blood? Rondo, Rondo of Blood? Whatever. Like yeah, both yeah. of those breeze by in like twelve episodes, and I feel like it's kind of weird because I guess JoJo goes through generations of people in literally six episodes or something. So like in one episode, you get introduced to a new <laughs> they character. They get a bit longer. They get a bit longer. Like it's, yeah, it's on, like the first the first seri- arc is pretty short, and then the second arc is a bit longer, and then the third arc is like much longer. Like they spend in the modern era, they spend like several seasons. Yeah, so that's what I think I'll appreciate more because it's like, you know, like Caesar in Battle Tendency was like there for three episodes, then he dies. And they give him like a like a really epic like death and like JoJo's like so disheartened and I'm like, but I only found out about this character three episodes ago. So it's like, I kind of feel weird about that pace. But in the end, I like it. I like the poses. I like the musical references. I like all the filler men being American rock bands for whatever reason. Um, it's It's a good show. It's certainly worth a watch. Yeah, and this will be the last time I talk about JoJo on the show, so I've put it to bed. The other thing I've been doing is getting excited for uh, The Lost Age. Uh, I recently backed this tabletop tactical game on Kickstarter, and I backed it. I like, haven't seen uh, this one. Yeah, uh, the, the art's great. Like It's nicely watercolored. I finally got my hardbound copy of the book. Um, looks very nice. I did not get the leather edition, which would have been way better, but would have cost me way more. Um, so I'll talk about two things. So basically, the Lost Age is set in a Bronze Age, like Eastern, Middle Eastern kind of setting where, um, gods and everything are, it's like everybody's pagan at this point, right? Like, so there's basically like gods for everything. There's a god of like wisdom and a god for fertility and all of this all of these concepts. But the cool thing is that these gods were actually originally just mortal people. And the reason they ascended to godhood was because they epitomized each of those aspects so much that people all around the world, or at least all around the setting, believed them to be the god of that thing, so much so that they ascended and actually did become the god of that thing. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the, the combat system is interesting. It's tactical combat. And instead of having, like, health, each of your body mm-hmm. parts has health. And... Like, somebody deals damage targeting a specific body part of yours, and each body part's tied to a stat. So, for example, if somebody targets your head enough, your intelligence score drops. <laughs> or You don't just you don't just take a head injury and die? Um, but okay. You know, I mean, if you take enough it, damage... I get it, I get it, I get it. Yeah, but if... Yeah. That, of course, of course, it's like, if you keep taking head damage too much, you do die. Like, if any of the stats reaches zero, I think you actually die. So that's like one of the concepts there. You know, your legs are agility and your hands are dexterity and your body's constitution and all that stuff. So that's pretty cool. I backed this game. Uh, I spent a little bit on the create the character tiers um, because I've always been wanting to put a character in an RPG setting and I can't afford any of the Battlecon create the character tiers. So I did it for this. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. 
Yeah, so, all right, so that's pretty much what I've been doing. Let's move on to the pipeline segment where we can talk about some cool things, especially relating to the BattleCon Unleashed Kickstarter. So, Brad, tell us, what are you going to talk to us about in the pipeline for this week? Um, So, I was going to talk a little bit about the two uh, bonus characters that have been revealed so far on BattleCon Unleashed. Ray Cal has been unlocked as a playable character. Hooray! And then Andrew Stockertai was revealed as a playable character, and we'll unlock him when we get to 300k on the project. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So tell me about. Um, wait, did you just say? Did you finally tell us how Andrus's last name is pronounced? Say it again one more time. Uh, clear copy. Clear copy. Dockertai. Dockertai. I, I, you know, I. So, so thing about Andrus, and I guess I can talk about Andrus first now that we're talking about him, is that um, he is a backer created character. And so the way that you actually say his name is a mystery even to me. <gasps> Ooh, so mysterious. But um, I believe it's I believe it's Docker Tie. Docker Tie. All right. So tell me about Andrus Docker Tie. I just know one thing about him, and that he's in Pixel Tactics, and he's cool. It may be like Dohartai or something. Dohartai. Okay. Dohartai. Dohartai sounds cool, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Sounds like something out of Game of Thrones. Like call the Dohartai. Oh, is he like a race of like evil orcs? I think that's like something you call a bunch of evil orcs, right? Oh, the Dohartai are coming! Rawr. Oh my gosh! All right, let's let's let's, let's ignore that. <laughs> so, um, wait. So, Andrus is a uh, swordmaster. He's an ex plane stalker. He's now one of the royal knights of Jeffries, and he serves Princess Mergerum on her quests to bring peace to Indians, and. Uh, that is kind of the the long and short of the story. So, the uh, the deep lore for this character hasn't been completely finished up yet, but the that's the the top level stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he fights with two swords. Uh, one is infused with fire, the other is infused with ice, and he uses these together, kind of like Vana. It's like he's got two halves of the divine rush token, and he can use one at one time or one at the other time, or he can use both together. Ah. power attacks and they cycle around and recharge after being used i see i always thought they were daggers i didn't know they were swords eh, swords daggers short swords it's pretty much you know once you know um sufficiently sufficiently long daggers are indistinguishable from swords okay i, I guess if you did the scaling tool on like photoshop on a dagger i guess it would be a sword if you think about it that way there you go all right all right uh, yeah, so the fighting style for this character was sort of loosely inspired by Maya from Killer Instinct. Um, the two Tonfa girl? Uh, I like the two blades girl. The two dagger yeah, girl. Yeah, so she fights with the two swords, and periodically she will, you know, she can throw these weapons, or they can be knocked out of her hands, and that'll change her fighting style a little bit. Mm. So Andrus has a bit of that going on with the uh, the two weapons, and also some triggers that will change if they're on cooldown. Ooh. So, that's interesting, because uh-huh. Vana doesn't have that, right? She doesn't have that mechanic of whether or not she anti-Divine Rush. But this character, Andrus, has effects that change depending on whether or not his blades are active. Yeah, and he's he's currently in playtesting. So if you are a playtester, you can go and check him out and uh, see what's, you know, what he's all about. Um, but yeah, check out Andrus. Andrus is pretty the, cool. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a cool guy. I And so we wanted to do like a, t- a twin blade master. 
but we um, we didn't have one, so we just took the backer created character. This is a backer created character for Argent, and decided to make him a full Battlecon fighter. So yes. a a character that's created for a totally different purpose ended up as a Argent fighter. Always, always great. I really like. I so wait uh, before before we move on. Like mechanically speaking, is Andrus more of a like you know, weave in, weave out, hit kind of character? Or is he more like Vana, who's like, you know, stand there and then whack you really hard sometimes? He's probably more of a, you know, in and out sort of character. Someone who is a bit more of a harrier and less of a tank. He's not a paladin like Vana is. Okay, that's good to know. Okay, so that's Andrus, but let's talk about the character that everybody's really excited for. People in the comments section of the Kickstarter have been saying. You guys aren't excited for, for Andrus? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. No, I, I'm I'm also excited for Andrus. But we're talking about the bird in the bush. You want to talk about the bird in hand, which is yes, Ray Cal. Exactly, the Ray Cal. Little bird in hand with her wings. Ah, only one pair though, which means she's a rookie. She means she's a second second timer. Oh wait, does if you have no do variants incarnate without wings the first time? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Okay, so. Let's talk about Ray Cal, the character that all of our backers yeah. have unlocked and have been clamoring for more information for. Right. So she is a race that you mentioned called Virian. They come from the Celestial Plane, which is like the world of light. It's another um, reality that's above the world of Indians. Which is flat. Celest- the people in the Celestial Planes um, live off of, are powered by the hopes and dreams and... Uh, goodwill of the people in the world of Indians below. So there's sort of a uh, human resource there, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so periodically, to make sure that things go go correctly, um, the uh, the Celestials, who rule that world, send down Virians to, um, to you know, do their work in Indians. Yeah. So they send you down, you incarnate, um, because they're just spirits in their own world. They incarnate... And then they live out a normal life in Indians until such time as they receive a revelation. It tells them, hey, your job is to do this. Go get on that. And then they uh, they go and they do their work. Now, um, the, uh, you know, so Ray talks a lot about the divines. Um, and she is a, a master of divinity magic. She is able to, you know, uh, summon miracles from the gods and everything, but she really serves the Celestials, who are the gods of her world and not of Indians. Mm, okay. And so it's really what what the Celestials say that is what is she's she's all about doing. And um, to give you an idea, the Celestials are kind of like uh, probably say they're like the diamonds from Steven Universe. Ah, that series. Okay, yeah, they're, they're like quasi godlike beings, but aren't necessarily like metaphysical right they're like actual beings is what you're saying yes yeah okay yeah and so they rule the uh the the celestial plane this world of light and uh and dole out tasks um anyway so ray is actually one of the main antagonists in argent storyline oh in what sense uh, how is she an antagonist like is she evil she's yeah she's she's one of the villains in the storyline um, and we talked a little bit about how, you know, she doesn't have a, a job yet from the uh, from the Celestials. And so she goes to Argent to 
you know, to build up power, prestige, knowledge, connections, everything that she needs to carry out her job when it finally happens. Um, and in that, um, in that pursuit of power and in that fear and anxiety that she will not be able to finish that job when it comes, she sort of goes over the edge and, um, and does uh, some pretty uh, crazy and or terrible things uh, to in, in trying to guarantee that she can do her job in Indians when the time comes. Oh, wow. You know, you wouldn't expect that of an angel, right? You wouldn't. Um, then that's, that's, uh, no, but she's not. She's just a, a, you know, there's nothing holy or divine about Ray. It's just that she knows a lot about divinity magic and is connected to this other world. So she's just as capable of, of, uh, you know, of evil as anyone else. Yeah, I think that's a very interesting concept of how, like, variants aren't necessarily good and rasps aren't necessarily bad, right? Mm-hmm. Very it's cool. just that they, yeah, in their world, their energy comes from these sources. And so, you know, in some cases, if the world is too great, there's nothing to hope for or wish for or no need for goodwill, you start to find that, uh, that these things diminish just because there's not enough trouble in the world. So the Celestials are not the greatest people either they want to maintain the balance just like anyone else mm, that's good so so one would what would think rasps and variants are opposed to one another but aren't actually necessarily maybe they're just like the yin no, and yang of indians necessarily they don't have uh the uh in the dark world where the rasps come from there's not really that kind of structured leadership though oh so are they just like the joker it's like you know chaos for chaos's sake and all that stuff. Uh, it's a little bit more like, um, um, just say probably the dark world is a lot like the the world in, um, say like uh, like uh, Dark Souls, for example. Oh, oh, Brad, what like, have you done? <laughs> I know, right? I know. I didn't want to say it, but there you go. It's like you know, it's dead, and there's this wasteland, and there's these these crazy monsters, and people are just trying to survive as best they can oh okay in this uh you know in this wasteland in dark souls essentially yes all right well i mean in and in the dark world of indians too oh okay that's that's true i i, I guess that's that's true in a sense um so let's talk about Raycal's mechanics uh talk about how she plays i i don't know how she yeah. well i know how she plays but for the purposes of this podcast and to make it so that it sounds like we're having a conversation how does ray play i don't know <laughs> i don't know how she plays oh brad educate me okay well uh transparency just out the window uh or just actually in the window i suppose yeah um, all right. Well, anyway, uh, so Breakout uses seals to restrict and control her opponents. So you place a seal down. When the opponent steps onto that seal, it flips over and something happens to them. Sometimes that means that their power is going to be reduced. Sometimes it's going to give Ray like free movement or increased damage or um, various other things. So um, Ray has several of these seals. She can put them down each turn. So she's a little bit like Pendros in that aspect. Oh. Uh, but unlike Pendros, who wants to keep you on the seal or keep you on his environments at a certain time to do damage or get effects, um, Ray wants to throw you onto the seals with her abilities or use the seals to wall you off from her if you're a melee character, so that she can control your movement and uh, you know and and strike you down from range. So she's more of a ranger type of character. So she's like um, oh, so she's she's a tactician then. She's yeah, she's a spellcaster, ranged tactician. I see. Okay. So, so if 
anybody's listening, you you might want to reference characters like Caitlyn, I guess, or yeah, there's a little bit of a little bit of Caitlyn in there. The fighting style is mostly inspired by Testament from Guilty Gear. The guy with the um, scythe set out all these traps. Yeah, the guy with the scythe. He could set tons of traps, and uh, and then you try and keep the opponent away. And when they get into you, you you know you do some big swoop across the, the board, and then you set more traps. Yeah, and uh, that's kind of how how Ray fights. Ray's pretty cool. Um, so are you telling me that when somebody steps onto one of the seals, it like flips over and then they receive the effects? So they have no idea yeah. what the seal does until they step on it, right? Yeah, and it's only for opponents. Ray doesn't trigger the seals. Okay, so absolutely now going to be the only character I play uh, wherein, you know, so that when people step on my traps, I go, you've activated my trap card, and then, like, just show them the seal, and then it'll be great. I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's something like that. It will surely happen. Yeah, um, it's a very, it's a very uh, like gotcha kind of moment. I like those kinds of moments. Yeah, you know, she's she's kind of a gotcha character. I don't know that we have enough of those because there's really only Malandrax. So, I mean, I guess Pendros in a way. I mean, but not Pendros even, right? in a way. In but a not way. even. His reveals right. are a lot more structured. Yeah. Oh, Seth. Seth is one. Uh, Eric is another. Seth is kind of the reverse because Seth got you. You gotcha, Seth. Oh, yeah. I, I guess you gotcha, Seth. I was talking more about, like, specific cards, though. Like, Seth's Omen is kind of like a gotcha uh, card. Or, like, Counter from yeah. Eligor. Or um, Returning from Eric, right? Yeah, there are a few of those. That's true. Yeah, yeah. But not entirely, like, characters. And I feel like that's a very cool play space that we're experiencing with Rey. Um, You know? The Veil comes down. I know how Rey, play- Rey plays. And she's cool. I like her. Good. Good. Right. I think uh, I think I think the uh, the players will enjoy her too. Oh she yeah, has a lot of fun to work on. She definitely they they definitely will. All right, so that pretty much does it for the pipeline. Where Brad and I talk to you about the things you want to know about. Again, if you want us to talk about anything, especially relating to the BattleCon Unleashed Kickstarter, please tell us in the comment section down below, and we will get to that as soon as we can. Or you can just submit it via our Google Forms. Now let's move on to my segment. Brad, are you okay for my segment? I'm really excited. Yeah, for go my for segment. it, Marco. All right, welcome to the 99 questions, where I take your questions, strap them into a go kart, and go go hench baby all the way around the racetrack possibly crashing in and then drifting into the cave that is answers <sighs> wow wow this is just gets better and better it's beautiful it's art i went go-karting to get today okay so that's strap them into a go-kart yeah uh, oh man i should have called it question cart you can't even strap them because they're they're just questions. They're not even real. They're not, they're what, not physical presence. But, but what if I write them on a piece of paper, Brad? Huh? And then why why even race? Why not just drive straight into the cave? It's so easy. It's just right there. And, and how does the cave even answer the questions? It's, they're just not... The, the, the cave the is question, called Marco. What's the, the first question? Okay, the cave is called Answers. Okay, okay, okay. First question: When will we have our level ninety nine games Infinity War? Millennium Blades versus Indians versus Seventh Cross. Well, Marco, um, there's some ongoing talk about this. Um, I know, uh. I know that uh, they're so they're different series. There's certainly some link between them. Um, we'll see. I think we have some cool announcements next year that you can look forward to. Oh man, Brad, what are you doing to me? Obviously, yeah. the answer is that 
it's basically a game of Millennium Blades, but you're drafting uh, Battlecon and Seventh Cross cards instead, right? And then, <laughs> yeah, and then and then instead of tournaments, you go through dungeons, and the combat in the dungeons is Battlecon. Dis- <laughs> Dis- yes, of course, it's brilliant. And then at the end of it, all the deciding game is this is actually just all set up for resources. So that you can end up playing Argent and win Chancellorship. Yep. 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 Got it figured out, Marco. It's genius. All the, all of the level 99 games actually Voltron together. <laughs> this is my master plan ever since we started. <laughs> ever since Battlecon War, the first game, they were all yep. meant to you like... You gotta own both editions of War and both editions of Devastation if you want to pull off the, uh, the transformation correctly. Yeah, yeah, of course. What's this game called, Brad? What's the what's the Voltron game called? Oh gosh. Um it is called um I still I want to keep it secret, Marco. I don't want to reveal this yet. Oh man. All right. So my working title for But it, you'll know it when you hear it. I see. My working title is obviously 99 rules questions because I'm pretty sure this game's going to be complex as oh, heck. No. <laughs> oh, no. All right. All right. Next question. Will there be any way to gift characters to our friends using coins in Battlecon Online? Uh, so in Battlecon Online, we're not planning to allow any kind of inter-account transfer, um, either of friends or coins or avatars or anything. We will have an invite a friend incentive eventually, so that you can invite your friend and you can both get new stuff. But uh, that's still a work in progress. But um, that's about as far as we're planning to take it, as far as inner account transfers go. You don't want to create, you know, because it's nice to be able to give your char- your your friend a character, but that leads down to the road of you know farming characters and you know online aftermarkets and you know, other kinds of, like, out extra game, real money transactions. And we don't want to get involved in all that. That makes sense. It's uh, it's really dicey. I mean, like, have you seen the stuff that Steam goes through every time they do something like this, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't want to go down that path. The dark road of capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Last question, Brad. 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 On yeah. average... How many times per hour do you check on the Battlecon Unleashed Kickstarter? You know, I only check it a few times a day. I um I used to when the first when the first Battlecon Kickstarters ran, um I would like you know, I'd be like sitting there on the couch, it'd be like eight thirty at night, and I'd be like, I gotta check my backers and I would open up my app and I would check. Or I'd run to my computer and I'd check, because this is before they even had the app. Uh, and I'd run to my computer and check, and then there'd be like one or two more backers. And I'd walk back down, and I'd go sit down, and then 15 minutes later, I'd be up at it again. Um, and, you know, it's been seven years. I'm, I've mellowed out. I'm not that compulsive anymore. I don't check it more than I need to. I, I like to check in to answer comments and say, hey, to everybody. But, you know, that said, I do check a little bit less once a project is successful. I'm always more nervous beforehand. I see. So um, it's uh, it's it's good for my sanity that uh, that Unleashed funded so quickly. That's all I gotta say. Well, if you think about it too, like at this point, I think you also have to just check it less because 
you have people like me or Chris or, you know, like a bunch of other people to pick up the slack, right? Yeah, that's true, too. I have a lot of help, so I don't need to be doing everything. Oh, hearts, hearts, uh, Korean hearts, the thing with like the index finger and the thumb. I'm doing it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, how do you do that in an oh, audio? Oh, Marco. Yeah, how do you do that in an audio medium? Uh, kawaii, hearts. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't know what that's called. You know, I'm I'm a great voice <laughs> actor, Brad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have to get you into this uh, Battlecon Unleashed VAs. Oh, of course, of course. You know, you know, Battlecon Online should really have an announcer. Yeah. Somebody going. Yeah, like, maybe so. Beat one. Beat two. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> All right. I don't think you it know, would be too really... bad. Actually, it, it's good to. It would be good to have some kind of overarching thing. But okay. Anyway, Brad. Anyways, Brad. If you do put in an announcer, it doesn't have to be me. It has to absolutely have that thing before every game wherein they randomly shout a thing that sounds exciting but makes no sense. It's like, you know, like, heaven yeah. or hell, let's rock. Like, like something like that, right? Style or base, yeah. let's go. Or I, I don't know. Like Battle on. one, fight. Yeah, or something like that. One duel per match in Battlecon Online. Yeah, yeah. So exactly like that. I would, I would love that. I would love that. All right. So as much as I would like to keep ranting, as much as I would like to keep you held up here, Brad, I know you're a busy boy and a busy man. Uh, so maybe we should end this episode of the podcast. Are you okay with that? Yeah. Let's uh, let's call it quits. No more podcasts. Oh. I guess this is the last episode of the Level Cap Podcast, everyone. Thanks for listening. Um, you know, it's very unfortunate. It's always the last episode till the next one, Marco. Don't give up. Don't be such a quitter. Just because somebody says we're going to end the podcast doesn't mean you should end the podcast. Yeah, but you are the guy who decides whether or not we should keep doing these. So, like, you're not just well, a rando. You are the guy who says whether or not the podcast dies. Are you just going to listen to your producer and do everything they say? You know, how, is that how you make it in Hollywood? No. <laughs> All you right, gotta Brad. got to go above well, and beyond. Well, I deny your statement and say that this will be the last episode of the Level Cat Podcast for the time the listener is listening to this. Hopefully, we see you guys next week where I defy Brad and make another episode even without him. <sighs> All right, that's just what you, I like to hear, Mark. Just that you determination, watch. that spirit. <laughs> just you watch, Brad. spirit. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm sorry. What's your what's your what's your what's your uh, your musical crossover name now, Marco? Oh my gosh, my my musical crossover name is of course Josie and the Marco Cats, and um, <laughs> it's it's great because you know Josie and the Marco. My Cats. stand, Josie and the Marco Cats, allows me to podcast as five different people at once. That's not Thus a bad carrying power. the entire podcast myself. Indeed. One of the people can even imitate you, Brad. Yes, one of them is actually just you, Brad. You're now part of my stand because it now steals your voice and personality. Oh my god. Okay, is that a JoJo reference? I'm not sure, yes, but as usual, that's also a, that's a season three reference. Yeah, yeah, no, I, okay. that's that's old Joseph, right? 
Yeah, yeah, it's okay. all just. Oh no! All right. So thank you so much for <laughs> listening to this episode of the Level Cap Podcast. I hope all of you enjoyed. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, please tell us in the comment section down below. And if you liked what you listened to, please click the like button or the heart button if you're listening to this on our official website. Without much else to say, as usual, that's been me, your host, Marco De Santos, with my stand, Marco and the Marco Cats. And with me has been an amazing, amazing CEO, producer, god of level 99 games himself. It was me, Brad, all along. <laughs> Conobrada. <laughs> and thank you so much. Uh, thank you for listening. And thank you, World of Indians. Thank you. And good night. And as always, happy gaming. <laughs>